This is a Federal News Network podcast. Federal agencies have plenty of data, but until recently, they haven't had the policy leadership needed to maximize its use in day-to-day decision-making. The Trump administration and Congress made chief data officers the cornerstone of two major documents, the Federal Data Strategy and the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act. But CDOs face workforce and other resource challenges, as we hear from Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. They're the newest member of most agencies' C-suite of executives. And because of that, chief data officers are still finding their way when it comes to getting the most out of their agency's data. And now recent survey results have backed up that claim. In a survey of more than 100 government data professionals, a study by REI Systems and others found that 82% of respondents said data analytics had a dominant or significant impact on their job. But finding time in the workday to conduct that data analysis remains a challenge. When asked to rank how much time they spend on certain activities, respondents said they spent 23% of their time gathering data and spent about 17% of their time on work not related to analytics. Other top activities included analyzing the data and then explaining the results of that data to leadership. Meanwhile, the Office of Management and Budget has taken steps to bring CDOs together. In September, it held an orientation and an Evidence Act training session for new CDOs. Michael Conlin is the chief data officer of the Defense Department. He said the training focused on building a common set of expectations for agencies to follow in rolling out the administration's federal data strategy as well as the Evidence Act. At this OMB orientation, CDOs were given a presentation on a Harvard University study based on data from both the Census Bureau and the IRS. That study found a correlation between a person's hometown and their economic mobility. OMB's presentation of the study aimed to demonstrate the value of bringing together different data from different agencies. But Conlin said DOD is doing some serious number crunching to see if it can build off the results of the study specifically to see if DOD can reach new conclusions relevant to service members. Does enlisting in the department increase your economic, particularly your upward economic mobility uh, as a human being? And so we've had some conversations. We think we have some executive sponsors for that set of questions, and we're, we're looking at how do we bring that data to merge it with data we've got and test not only whether we've had a positive impact on economic mobility, can we improve the impact that we're having? This is ultimately the question. How do we do better? Which of these can we improve in order to have the kinds of results that we want? While the Evidence Act gave CDOs new goals for their agencies to meet, neither the legislation or the federal data strategy have given these officials new authorities or funding to meet their mission. Here, Conlin explains that day-to-day reality for his job. It's do more with what you have or with less, depending on how your budgets go. That's not a new challenge for anybody in government. It's not a new challenge for anybody in any commercial sector organization either. That's a day-to-day requirement. Do more with less. Bill Wachowski is the Deputy Secretary of the Bureau of Labor Statistics. He said the Evidence Act has enabled real pushes for agencies to share information where there aren't restrictions. But Conlin said breaking down those data silos remains a challenge. The practical matter is I can't force somebody to let me into their data centers. I can't force somebody to let me have access to their data sets. I must persuade them that it is in their interest to provide that data to answer their boss's question in a different way than they can do it today. If CDOs seeking data do get pushback from other agencies, the Evidence Act urges them to rely more on administrative records. Pat Hu is the Associate Administrator and Director of the Bureau of Transportation Statistics. 
She said her agency has leaned more on those administrative records at a time when budget resources spent on collecting data are shrinking. The agency, for example, now uses data from the app Waze to glean safety information on highways. Who said that data allows her agency to better position emergency vehicles to respond to accidents faster and to clear roadways more quickly? So if I have a tool that allows me to know what my tomorrow's safety trajectory will look like, I can be better positioned by operations. But before these data projects can even get off the ground, Conlin said his team at DOD needs an agency executive to sponsor the project. If I don't have an executive that is interested in the answers and, and it's not aligned with their goals, I may be wasting the department's resources, the taxpayers' resources, and the warfighters' resources, and I don't want to do that. In order to build that level of engagement in the agency leadership, Conlon said his team have held literacy classes for members of the Senior Executive Service. Those classes focus on things like basic data quality, but in order to pull all of this off, Conlon said the training isn't conducive to a classroom setting. You typically need to deliver this in a one-on-one kind of scenario. Mm. I'll often feel uncomfortable about their lack of knowledge in front of their peers. Mm. And so you don't put them in that situation where they might feel uncomfortable. That's, that's not productive. Conlin said another reason for the tailored training for leadership is to make sure the subject material is relevant to their mission focus. There's no use talking to a financial executive about data that is not financial data. There's no use talking to a transportation executive about data that has nothing to do with transportation. Respondents to the survey said retention and hiring remained one of their biggest challenges. That's because those data analytics skills remain in high demand, both in government and in the private sector. But they're not just looking for anyone. More than half of the survey respondents said that their agency is looking for new hires with certain analytics certifications. But with the rapid rise of technology, what that level of training will look like for new hires in the future still remains unclear. Who said her agency has a fellowship where recent graduates work in three-year stints at the agency, then educate staff on everything from data visualization to data curation? The idea of the fellows program is I can't train my, my existing staff fast enough because the technology moves way too fast, right? So I can't train them enough with the new techniques. At the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Wachowski said the Bureau has a civic digital fellowship that has up to a dozen college students work on data-centric projects alongside current employees. And we made a point of linking them with staff so that those projects could continue and, and we could get more things done. So we, as, as Pat says, we can't train people fast enough, and so we will take all the help that we can possibly get. For all the challenges surrounding data in the federal government, a lack of data isn't one of those problems. In order to sort through terabytes and petabytes of information, the Trump administration has looked to artificial intelligence to help with the rote work of labeling and categorizing that information. But survey respondents said the hype around AI hasn't led to concrete action just yet. A quarter of respondents said AI holds promise for their agencies, but only 4% said their agencies had actually implemented AI or machine learning solutions. So, how will CDOs know that they've made a difference at their agencies? Conlin, over at DoD, said that might be the most important piece of data analysis for CDOs to measure. I don't like to put the emphasis on the word innovation or digitalization or transformation. I want the emphasis to be on the outcomes. Uh, that, that is what's worked for me. Maybe other people are more successful using other language, but I think the concepts are, are, are utterly critical that, we're, that, that it's always 
effectiveness is our measure of truth. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.